From St. Louis, Missouri, this is Strangers to Fiction, a podcast about documentary storytelling by documentary filmmakers. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Streeter. And I'm Jacob McIndoller. And I'm Bowles McLean. And today we'll be looking at the 2019 documentary titled American Factory. We stand here today um, with a plant that's closing but I'm extremely proud of the people that work in this plant here. For a year and a half, I didn't have anything. We lost our home, we lost a vehicle. I have struggled to get back to middle class again. This is a historic project that is gonna help grow this community, give people jobs, and give a future to your kids and my kids. Where you sit today used to be a General Motors plant, and now there are over 1,000 employees working here. Is this a union shop? It is our desire to not be. We hope someday to get this good. There have been 11 complaints filed. Some workers claim unsafe working conditions and unfair treatment. Doing the same thing over and over again. That wears on your body and your soul. They told me that they had to be here two years, away from their family, no extra pay. I made it their house, they made it my home. We've just bonded. I'm a riser. Now the whole world is watching. Nothing in America has changed in terms of working people working hard. What changed in America was rich people deciding they wanted to rewrite the rules to take advantage of people. You never give up on the American dream. To me, that would be un-American. So American Factory is a 2019 documentary. This is the first documentary uh, from Higher Ground Productions, yep. which is the production company founded by Barack and Mich Michelle Obama. Yep. I believe in conjunction with... I Net think they're kind of financed by Netflix. Yeah, in conjunction with Netflix. Those, yeah. And this tells a story about a factory outside of Dayton, Ohio, mm -hmm. a GM factory that was shuttered during 2008. Uh, a few years later, a... Chinese glass manufacturing company comes in, reopens the factory, hires a lot of those people back. So this is sort of telling the story of the the meeting of those cultures 
right? So you have a lot of the Chinese workers that are with this company from China. They come over to the United States to train the employees. So a lot of it is about the blending of those two cultures. And Fu Yao, in the beginning, says, you know, how much he, I guess, loves Ohio, and that's His name's not Fu Yao. Yeah, his name's not Fu Yao. You mean the chairman. The chairman. Yeah. We'll call him the chairman. Wait a minute. It's Jiao Wang. Chao Wang? Yeah, Chairman Chow 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 is how they refer to him. I, I'm not Chairman sure Chow. what his full name is. But Chow, Chow Fu Yao is only the name of the company. It's not yeah. the guy. No, that's not his <laughs> yeah, no. That's news to me. There's Fu Yao again. That's a great painting of him from the 80s. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Chairman, um, whatever his name is, Chow. Uh, Ch- Chairman Chow. You just call him the Chairman. Chow. Yeah, we'll the just chairman, call him the Chairman. Chairman uh, had, uh, I guess, he, did he already have an affinity for Ohio, or was he just saying that? Like, uh, I think so. He when he makes that speech at the beginning is yeah. what you're referring to. I think he was just sort of. It's PR. Uh, yeah, PR, and I think that was probably his first visit. Maybe he visited there yeah. once before to inspect well, the site. So, a little background it. on what was going on in the economy at this point. Um, a lot of those people lost their jobs right at the end of the crash. Uh, the 07, 08 global yeah. economic crisis, whatever we call it, the the mini recession or whatever it was, or the mini depression. Um, and a lot of those uh, people lost their jobs. That was That's about the time that GM closed that plant. Yeah. And Obama had just been elected when they got laid off. And I'm just saying this because Obama has a hand in making this, so he's kind of like telling a story about the effect of his own policies, right. which is really interesting to me. Right. And it seems, I think it's honest, but like he's just kind of given us the, his state, his idea of the state of the economy. I think with this film, you know, or where the the world economy is, and um, sort of by telling everybody all these different stories. But these guys had lost their jobs right at the time that Obama was actually signing the bailout deal for the auto plants. Oh right, and yeah, they were right close. around the same time. Yeah. yeah, interesting, of course. Yeah. So these guys probably a lot of them probably didn't have a big great opinion of Obama to begin with. Um, these workers that are profiled in here. Yeah. And then um, they, you know, the reason that Chinese plant opened up when it did was because of of another Obama policy where he was trying to get Chinese companies. Trying to attract foreign investment. And it was part of a big campaign to attract foreign investment. And that's the main reason they probably got some kind of subsidy or national to come here and open a plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder and what the appeal was because it's like, well, just they didn't really shipping. explain it, yeah, but it, no. the, it and they don't talk about it in the film because the film's not from that point of view. Sure, um, but uh, if you know the history of it, that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reason that 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 plant even opened up there is because of one of Obama's direct policy sure. initiatives. You know, so. Um, it's interesting to look at it from, if you just start with the, I think there are a lot of different ways to look at this, but just starting with the political perspective, because what I thought about, so it's hard to disassociate this with Obama, mm-hmm. because he's Obama. Yeah, and he, and yeah, well, he he's makes, a producer in a film, and it has... And he makes no appearance in it whatsoever. No, he, no. he has nothing to do with yeah. the thing, really. I mean, yeah. I, I doubt that he had anything to do with the production of the film or no. anything no, like that. Uh, no, in fact, I think the film was already mostly made when they... So with the Obama signed on to it. Yeah, Obama's okay. found heard about this film and they looked at it and they chose it to sort of be one of their. Um, and I'm sure they re- had some hand in recutting it, maybe, maybe or whatever version, they whatever. Came out, but yeah. like it was, they picked it up. I don't because I don't know if this would be, you know, if you go into it looking at this is an Obama film and you try to think about what is Obama's motivation for telling the story. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, by the end of it, I don't think it paints a very good picture of what Obama wanted it to paint. Uh, like, and he's even said yeah. in interviews recently, because he's been talking about this film a little okay, bit, yeah. he says that this, this film shows how sort of acceptance and understanding shows how people can come together and work together mm-hmm. from different mm-hmm. backgrounds mm-hmm. and different cultures. I don't know if this film really shows that oh. or not. You know? No, I, I don't think so. And I, and I think it's actually kind of a good... I, I don't know. I've always felt like he was actually an honest dude, and I feel sure. like um, if he's gonna like promote or fund a documentary that tells a story on himself that isn't necessarily la- that flattering to his mm-hmm. legacy, yeah, I feel like that's a guy that's thinking about things that are bigger than him. Yeah, yeah. bigger picture, you know, right. easily. And uh, so, and that's not a bad thing to have, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know Obama is like 
uh, hated in some circles in American culture, but I feel like, and I disagree with a lot of shit he did, but like I have to, I think he was a good president, you know. So, sorry, I agree. I think he was a good president too, but I just don't think that this is the picture. Like you said, it's not something that no. reflects that great for. No, his and life. that's what I think. I think he's a guy that I think that's one reason why he was a good president. So he thought about things bigger than himself. Right, it wasn't necessarily about so both his kind of, legacy. I didn't. I didn't feel this documentary could, could go any other way though. Like I, I would imagine. Right, but I you know the thing is, when I heard about the premise, I thought. It's only got one way to go, and that I mean, I guess it did uh, sort of champion. I guess it did profit from eight, 2018 on, which is years after during all this preliminary, yeah. uh, whatever. Most this of the movie was made mostly 2015, 16, and 17. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So it was like a little, at least two years prior, and then it finally did when all our principal uh, characters in this are probably gone. At least the American ones. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. I mean, a lot of them are gone <laughs> I don't know. in the movie. I mean, they start yeah. the movie working for this company and they end up not. So, Bulls, <laughs> you, you kind of mentioned this when we were outside talking about this a little bit, but this film had a very particular, particularly resonated with me. Absolutely, because you know I spent such a long time being involved in the the merging of Eastern and Western cultures. You know, and yeah, obviously in, in Korea. Yeah, in, in Korea. I lived you should say years. that in case. Nobody. This is the first time somebody hearing you. So speak. I lived in in South Korea for about fifteen years. Um, I recently came back here. So now, and I know that before anybody jumps on me, I know there's a difference between Chinese culture and, and Korean culture. They're no. not. They're not exactly the same, but there are enough similarities between them that when you see the blending of those with Western cultures, yeah, um, right. you know, you encounter some of the same problems. And so much of this film reminded me, like when they would interview the workers, it reminded yeah. me of the conversation that I've had with other expats that were living in Korea about just the difficulties in dealing with, dealing with another, another culture and the way that people think and they do things differently mm. and the frustrations that come up. Well, and that. that interpretation of Americans, which is made uh, abundantly clear in the first uh, like five minutes about uh, you can tell the Americans when they get the you know, they wear the shorts. They're very full of themselves. That you know, you can. Oh, they'll hold the whole descriptions. Love. I it. think that was really interesting. Like, oh, sort of like, I think it's important for people to hear what other cultures think of them generally. Like right. how they get how. I don't think Americans ever think of themselves as being stereotyped when they go uh, yeah, go somewhere else. Really? But like, yeah. I don't. I don't think most of them. No, but I think once they go overseas, they realize that that happens. Mm. But I don't think they ever it ever occurs to them that it would happen. Yeah, there's a few great examples of that. So there's one character in this who I know, I don't know his name and I don't know exactly what his role was, but he seemed to be like. The, one of the leaders of the Chinese company, but he was like the chairman's kind of sidekick, is what I kind of thought of him as. He was like he was a, vice president. He was a younger, was a, uh, shorter guy. Yeah, shorter guy, like, always smiling. Get the, yeah, didn't get the scissor gag when they're talking about the I want to take those scissors and chop off his, uh, yeah. his head. And he it went right over his head. Yeah, yeah. Now, what was the point I was going to make about that, though? What were oh, we just talking about? About his smiley, uh, about how, uh, you know. God damn it. How can I lose my train of thought <laughs> in the okay. podcast? I was going to say something about that guy, something that, oh, I know what it was. So there was a few examples where um, they kind of described the stereotypes of uh, American workers. Mm -hmm. And I remember one was in an opening scene where the chairman is first touring the factory. He says, we're trying to train the American workers, uh, but they're very slow. They've got fat fingers. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. You're trying to work with them. But then later there's the scenes where they're doing some cultural training for the Chinese workers there and they're explaining um, what American people are like mm -hmm. and they talk about how Americans grow up being praised right. constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. and how Constant adulation and, yeah and uh, they need you to tell them how great they are but what I really like about that they, was, they, like that you hear this like right point blank like you are allowed to criticize the president and nothing and yeah. the, the looks on their faces couldn't mean be more distant and yet un, unabsorbent of what's being told to them it's, it seemed like when I saw it uh, how they talk about how you know just just the miraculous amount of freedom and, and I guess a, a privilege and uh, and all that goes with that yeah and I kept going back and forth on that because you look at when they're talking to them about the freedom and the privilege there's a part of you and I think this is the American uh, you know we're we're culturally biased right of course. we're yeah. from an American culture yep. yeah so we might look at that and go oh these people are uh, you know yearning to break free and yeah. to be like Americans <laughs> yeah but that might not necessarily be I the never get that you know? I didn't, I, I didn't I, that wasn't my takeaway but I, I just like um, that scene where they're telling them about the culture because it's such a 
in my mind, it's such an Eastern approach to that problem, right? It's an Eastern approach where everything is broken down and analyzed and structured. Yeah. Okay, so we have we're having this conflict with our American colleagues, and it it comes from the cultural differences that we have, and how can we uh, fix those? Mm-hmm. So they start explaining to them, and I don't know that I would see like an American company having that kind of an approach of like, all right, let's. Let's break down culturally what these people are like. What? How can we? What huh. can we do in order to win? Right. You know. Because I think American companies, say, though, like uh, I think American companies, a number of them have probably um, dealt with that in different. I don't know how they how American company would necessarily would directly. I'm almost certain just based on the amount of like American businesses that have like opened in Asia and things. I'm sure American companies have had those conversations on some level. You know, about how do we bridge a culture, the culture gap in the company. But I think a lot of them, I think what part of, I think the way American companies actually deal with it is, is they actually just open a branch in that country and they set it up as its own company and they hire all Korean management, for instance. Mm -hmm. And they make it, for all intents and purposes, a Korean company that's owned by the American, you know, conglomerate. And... There's, they probably operate mostly independently, and I feel like one of the mistakes this Chinese company this actually kind of a small family business, like a big small family business, sure. but that guy, that chairman, he and his brother basically ran that business yeah. in the weird Chinese pseudo-communist model, whatever yeah, right. it is. Whatever, yeah. But, um, you know, they, they, he, I think he was a little bit too much. Uh, I think that's probably would have been a better approach for them rather than trying to bring their Chinese managers over here to set up a plant. You know, the just hire an American company. You well, know, I think they you know. didn't. I think they, and this is sort of one of the threads that goes throughout the film is that when they first. When they first arrive in America, they basically they hire all American management. Mm-hmm. Um, they want the Americans to be in charge. The guy who is yeah. the president or the vice president, the vice I don't president remember. is what he was. The and he, he says, he goes, yes, they told us that this is going to be an American company. It's called Fuyao Glass America. America. America, yeah, America. Right? This is going to be an American company. And, and as the film progresses... That that they wean changes out. right. They yeah. they start to realize because they're not making money. They're having problems controlling the American yeah. workers. They're having problems yeah. getting them to be as efficient as the Chinese workers. Mm-hmm. So they start bringing in in Chinese. But I feel like it, that's the chairman micromanaging. I think that's what right. th- what the real problem was there, and that was the oh, you mean he wasn't the micromanaging? You mean do you mean micromanaging like where he's saying the where the fire alarm placement was on the wall? Oh my yeah, God. that scene where yeah. he's like, great. He's, yeah. like, he's like, this. I this think that's the main com- problem with that company is that he he sh- he doesn't need to be doing that. Yeah. He needs to sort of figure out how to do business in that company without in that country without. He was flying in once a month. But that's like, a very uh, right, his yeah. leadership style is a is a style that I'm very familiar with. Yeah, I mean, it's right. a style that I've seen in a lot of uh, Eastern Asian countries. Yeah. That, that that's way as you lead and and you know when they showed him like in his office and stuff like that, there were all these paintings of him, which made it very hard. And they yeah. called him the chairman, so it was very hard not to draw comparisons. It, with he Mao. looked like <laughs> a Mao. That one photo, that one painting of him looked like a Chairman Mao painting. Yeah, a lot I of mean, right. it was like. <laughs> yeah. But so, what I don't understand, right. so economically, I feel like this there's a kind of an untold story here that maybe like like what kind of economy is china anyway like they're a communist country like politically yeah but their economy is not a communist economy they have a capitalist economy yeah but they're still controlled by they're controlled a lot because he's a billionaire he's a billionaire but also a lot of and you mentioned this too bill a lot of these corporations they are um they're government-backed corporations even this fuyao is part of the 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 chinese well his brother his brother was the Communist Party representative, and and it was basically the one who worked for the union. The union, <laughs> yeah, yeah in China, and yeah, it was like, right? It was like, how is this really a? It's not a. It's it's communist in name only, because like communists don't believe in like. Who it's communist? Well, selective in, communist. It, it, it's it, communist it, in way way more ways than just name only, but I think China, maybe a decade or two ago, saw that. You know they they weren't going to make money mm-hmm. running things the way they were, so yeah. they opened up their markets and they've tried to and and the the growth has been exponential. I mean China is has been exploding over the last couple of decades. Yeah, yeah a couple twenty years. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and I think, but it is still all kind of centrally controlled. Yeah. And what I found interesting is when you watch the Chinese workers that work for the company, like there's one scene where they have a they they invite the Americans oh God, uh, yeah. to China. Yes. And they get yeah. a, and they take part in this like in, kind in of dinner. Tour. That that look on there when there's like when they show the one two three four and they show the count off and the look on the Americans with their. Uh, Ruffled. Oh, just the like, uh, the whole the military. Oh yes, the yeah. military. The sort of military re- yeah. like regimentation <laughs> of the there workers. There's supposed to be 90 people. There's 90 people here, and then yep. Americans are like. What, what the, the fuck? Because you noticed that and noticed like the scene later where I, I think it was the same scene, but later they are attending like a dinner celebration, like a show, oh, yeah. and oh gosh, workers yeah, from yeah. the company are putting on this yeah. this, this performance yeah. and stuff like that. Which honestly, you could laugh at that shit, but they do that shit here. There's oh, a whole yeah, documentary not made to that about stent, though. I don't think no. There's a whole documentary made. There's a, which we should probably talk about at some point. Yeah. About uh, I think it's called Bathrooms Over Broadway. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And You're it's right. all about that one. Yeah, yeah. Trade show musicals mm-hmm. like that were done in the 60s and 70s. And like after this movie was made, he thought it was like a dead art. But apparently after this movie is made up, people start telling him about all these ones that people still do here. Right. So. Um, and I've been involved with Anheuser-Busch big sales meetings and stuff too. Correct. And it yeah. really is like a big. They make they it like a, a big, a big presentation and big. The only thing that's strange is, is culturally what how it hits the American palate when you watch it. Yeah. You know the, the the little kids in the chicken costumes and all this sort of stuff and and then they have to stream out the dopey Americans singing YMCA. Oh, that cringe! I so made me cringe. <laughs> you know, here's the thing so that made me cringe so hard. That, like, so the first time I watched this, I watched I watched one hour and then I watched another hour later. And the moment I stopped was in that YMCA thing because oh, I was okay. just cringing so hard. <laughs> but here's I'm going to tell you why I was cringing. I've been that guy on that stage. Oh no! I've uh, been in Korean company, even worse company yeah. meetings like that where I had to get up. Me and my fellow foreigners had to get up and like perform some little dance, and so I was just going, "Oh no!" Was I was I that cheesy when I did that? I was thinking, you know? they're thinking they need to go to the YMCA because the the <laughs> the disp- the, the great how you see fat Americans on one side. Oh yeah, size difference. Like, the size. I was surprised that like they. That scene where they first where they get off the plane and I think they went directly to the boardroom, right? Yeah, like they didn't Pretty even get close. to go to their hotel first. Right, and the one guy did, was sitting one guy in the the, the one American guy, they, they the one American. I thought I assumed they couldn't get to their hotel room because there was one like American manager sitting in that boardroom with like a rumpled like printed t- t-shirt. I forgot. I saw t-shirt. that one guy was wearing like yeah a t-shirt. It was like a Halloween or something Jaws, t-shirt. Jaws, Jaws t-shirt. There's something. A Jaws t-shirt. Was in that something. Room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's such a. But I was like, they must not have been able to. They must have just took them straight to that boardroom when as soon as they got off that plane, because that could. They did thank them for their nice hotel rooms, right? Yeah, yeah. One hard. of the guys said thanks for the nice hotel. I don't know. So, I can't. Man, I can't believe that guy was just. I mean, come on. I kind really? of thought that too. I'm like, that's a weird. But, thing but the size right difference is. I mean, look, it's in a, It's a, it's a, it's not a cool thing to talk about, but it's pretty obvious when you're watching this documentary. Just the size difference between Fat people. Americans. Yeah. And what? And one of the things that I've always made the comment when I lived in Korea was. But I, all the Americans are older than the. Chinese. Yeah, I, I was going to yeah. bring that up yeah. too. But when I lived in Korea, I always would tell people, in Korea, I'm fat. In America, I'm thin. You, you are thin America, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but over there, people be like, oh, you're so fat. You're good, you know. Oh, and it's the same thing with Chinese. I'm but. about to keel over and die in Korea. I'm so fat over there, yeah. probably. And I, I think, of course, the best is that, I mean, they should, and you're looking at the room, one side or the other, fat Americans over here, and then these, and they're looking at them, and, uh, and then they go right to the safety vest not fitting on the one yeah there's oh yeah Yeah. you're like wow it's like (laughs) exactly what we're talking about two seconds before and here it is we can't get the little strap on the thing that i think there was really only one thing that really made me mad about this movie what's up and i kind of feel like i went i watched this movie i was just like yeah it's fucked up like the Mm. whole thing like the whole i I, my whole takeaway was yeah like that's not that was really fucked up and like the future is going to be fucked up too Mm -hmm. like really because they start talking about automation how many people they're going to replace oh yeah which i thought was only 20 years behind and i was just yeah so like i was just like yeah (sighs) you know it was really but there was one thing there was one conversation there that fucking pissed me off and it was that one american Dude, that spoke Chinese. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew yeah, you were yeah. gonna say that. That conversation, like, what a fucking asshole, man! Which like, and I hope that guy. So this is the guy who's a, he is not a worker of the company. I think what he is, I think he's a an American. No, he was a manager. No, he was a manager because he was in both 
China yeah, and he, in America. He was a manager at the Fuyao plant in He's one that actually Ohio. took the time to learn Chinese or, or Well, no, it. I think they probably hired him cuz he, he understood Chinese. He knew Chinese. Yeah, yeah and, I think and, he and was probably either working in China yeah, and, right. and then they sent him abroad cuz I know some people that that, that happened yeah. with sure. um, where they would get sent to But that conversation, country. man, that guy, he's Because gonna, he basically he basically throws Americans under the bus. He says like Americans are lazy, they don't yeah. work hard. Oh, you know? yeah, he's like he's like we should he starts talking about duct tape duct taping people's mouths and right, shit and I, know, I was like right. it's like you know what i and hope I that now that that movie's out i hope uh, that guy i would be running scared if that did because some people hear that shit you know like, yeah. you know american workers hear that shit you talking shit about them like that to a chat i guarantee you that guy doesn't live in america he's he is he i and is, i again yeah. well I, I know a bunch at of at this guy. point i wouldn't want to live in america if i were <laughs> i mean fuck that guy i, I know a bunch know? of that guy a bunch of the so i know a lot of people that I don't know if I should leave this part on, but I know people that go over to East Asia to live sure. and they basically culturally convert. Where they're then like they're they're espousing oh. the you know, the greatness of East Asia. I think that happens like, everywhere way though. Of life. Like I think that happens both ways. Sure. Yeah. But they also but then they also like I mean I've had these conversations with people right. about how lazy American people yeah. are, and about how they, you know, yeah. How push was that guy's job? Where he wasn't hauling up uh, windshields left and right, or, or stepping into a two hundred degree room for yeah. uh, five minutes. Yeah. Well, he took the time to learn Mandarin, so he got to. <laughs> so he deserves it. He yeah, deserves it. Great. So, yeah. But I do know. I've known many of those people that, that, that sit back and like you sit sit with them in a bar in you know in Asia oh, somewhere, course. and they'll they'll tell you how. How lazy and fat Americans and Western culture is, and how Eastern culture has everything right, and it just—it right. it, it was just like I know a stereotype of a lot of people yeah. that I've met. I'm not sure I disagree with it. No, I was well, there's, like, well, there's truth in what they say, but there's also so there's. I think it's six of one, half dozen of the other. I think kinda, there's like yeah. it's fucked up both ways. Like they have fucked up shit about their yeah, culture, exactly. and sure, they're just fucked sure. up in a different way than we are. Yeah, right. And that's what I kept looking at when I was, because you you can't really pick. Aside and go, this one is better and this one's not. Yeah. Because when no. you watch the Chinese, boy, are they efficient. Like they, yeah. the way that they work and the. But and how long hard. is that going to last, though? Too because like I, I kind of feel like it's you not know give them a, any longer. Give them yeah. a couple of give them a couple of generations of like middle class yeah. in, incomes and like where are they going to be? Well, and that's what's happening now. That's yeah. why you have sure. China opening factories in America. I mean, right. I just was first of all struck by the the irony of that, right? Because oh, right. we, we always think of you know American camp companies opening up factories in China for cheap labor. And for the obvious know. reasons, for the bottom line, which I'm thinking they must be losing it by doing all this. Aside from that's the thing, subsidies, yeah. subsidies from I guess an Obama um, administration from decisions, obviously, whatever it was. But I remember thinking, well, how the hell is this going to work? And, and I was kind of like on their side, like, no unions, and unions cause too many problems. Like, no doubt, dude. But then you that. also... I was kind of like on their side. I was like, yeah, I mean, come on. This is, you know, look look at all of, all, all our factory-made products are, you know, fa- factoried in, in uh, China and other other places they hear. So I, I was kind of like half on their side. When they're, when they're talking about, we need to get the union, they had that normal Ray moment. I'm like, oh, buddy, this... The what moment? The normal Ray now, all right, so this is the scene they mentioned it. So when he is walking, the one hillbilly guy, the baseball cap guy, is walking around the factory with a union yes, union yes sign. Yeah. And that is directly right out of a 1978, 79 film, Norma Ray. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's where no. Sally Field, it's this great feel good. Oh, he makes she, a comment about yeah, that. Yeah, he does. Because I said Sally Field. I, oh, look, there's a little Sally Field moment to my girlfriends were watching it. And he, then he said Sally Field after that. Oh, okay. You see what she hold, she handwrites a sign and waves around Union, you know, and everyone cheers. And I think they're all in sewing machines. I can't remember what the hell. I couldn't watch that movie twice when I was like eight years old. But it was on all the time. <laughs> but it was this big, you know. <clears throat> Americans will triumph and they'll unionize. It's a it's we'll a big make, triumph. And it was like this ain't that movie. This is the one where Sally Field you know gets See, canned I, after waving the sign around. I didn't catch that reference because he says he, he said, goes I needed to have my Sally Field yeah. moment. I didn't get the reference. Technically, to he it. said Sally Field's moment. I, Sally I, I Field's think it's moment. Sally Field, but that's all right. But I, I said something. Oh, you ever seen Sally Field? Because she does the thing and they're all working and then she she handwrites a sign that says Union and waves it up and it's it's big. You know, bodacious scene of the whole. It's a whole like. Uh, it's a big triumph. It's a big triumph. It, it's, it's, it's the clip they show of the yeah. movie. Too, it's a uh, so. yeah. It's the big. And they're all like, it's the big scene. Yeah. yeah. Sally Field moment. And then yeah. there's this guy. I'm like, buddy, this ain't that movie. This was ending the opposite way. Where 
but you were talking about the you know like the them coming back and how are they going to make it work like financially but those so the employees that used to work at gm well one lady says that when she worked at gm she made 29 dollars an hour yeah and now for fuya she's making 12 dollars an yeah, hour that's, that's, a, that's a huge and she makes the comment about she goes you know back then if my kids needed sneakers i could just go buy them and now i can't really do that get sneakers of all so i was kind of with you where you go like you know you're you're kind of rooting for fuyao as a company going okay be you know i'm almost looking at the people on the line and being like guys you need to be more efficient like these chinese people are telling you but then you also look at there's a lot of uh safety concerns you know they would be asking to do things do they saw some chinese guys pouring some kind of toxic chemicals down the the backyard through the back right in their own drinking water it's like well that's what happens that's way corporate america works and i'm I'm not for it but i'm also like well what do you expect they're not going to care so you have that like you said bill where you go like both of them are kind of fucked up in different ways yeah Yeah. because the chinese are much more efficient but they're also working uh they get maybe one or two days off per month they're working 12 hours a day mandatory overtime and so like you're doing things more efficiently in a worker's paradise apparently (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean what what kind of communist system is that it's interesting though because a lot of the, the and that's what I always find interesting too is because we can kind of laugh at that and I think that that's fine to laugh at but you know a lot of those people they they're 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 sold like they buy into that 100%. oh I know of course they are they're yeah. buying into Fuyao yeah. and this is and like there's the one girl who says yes we are one we are one company one Fuyao yeah you know, thing, things like, like that the girl after the show the but I kind of but yeah yeah, yeah. Like, uh. yeah but you know I kind of feel like they they I don't know I feel like they have a right to uh know how how american workers live and you know have you know make a decision was whether they should have some input into what kind of life they have and right because that company's making a shit ton of money uh-huh. and you know i'm not sure that they do i'm not sure that they make i mean i don't know the numbers but i mean he's very wealthy is, i mean he's yeah. a very wealthy yeah, he is. well yeah. he's got money He's, he's bleeding money at that factory yeah. apparently at the time at least during the movie making I mean he's but he obviously has he's everything I've read over. about him says he's a billionaire yeah he's and billionaire. he built he's that been, company uh, yeah himself um he sort of took advantage of he's actually a really interesting character so I want to talk about him real quick so they kind of depict him for the first part of the movie as ruthless as a ruthless cutthroat chomping kind of yeah like, he, he always smoked and then they kind of softened him up but then they have this the scene end. at yeah. the end where they, he oh. really like a totally redeems himself where yeah. he's talking where about he does say maybe I'm not maybe I'm the sinner I can't remember I wrote it down a little bit well you said. know what it made me think though it may, kind of made me think that like this is a guy that um, is um, has a hard time with self-reflection. I think a lot of like really wealthy entrepreneurs, you know, self-made entrepreneurs, sure. have this kind of arrogance about them where they don't like to look inside yeah. very much because they look at their success and their, you know, and that's their on the backs of others. Yeah. Well, no, that's their. Um, what they like to think of themselves because it's the most pleasant thing to think about themselves. Right. It's just it's like I'm a very successful entrepreneur. But I don't know if that's know? true for Chinese entrepreneurs. Well, yeah, I but don't he was, know. He was but religious. I, they showed him during yeah, religious ceremonies that he's like, Am I a contributor or am I a sinner? I don't know. And he had that little yeah. moment there, which is like, and I kind of go back. I kind of felt like this is a guy who was just starting to have some weird self reflection, which, right. you know, I think he represses it, but I think he's a human, you know. I think um, he just he's a guy who ha- he fell into a particular role in life, yeah, and he's doing that role, but he's still and 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 part of doing that role successfully is sometimes you've got to be cutthroat, yeah, right? If, right. If the company is the thing that needs to succeed, sometimes you have to hurt feelings, you yeah. got to do these kind of things. So, but I think I, I got the feeling from that last scene that he always sort of had this self reflection. Mm-hmm. He was just sort of doing what he had to do. He was sort of doing the role right. that he was he was put in, and he he yeah. was thoughtful about it and saying, like you said, am I. You know, am I contributing? You know how he started that company? No, I don't. He was working for in the late '80s, and I, I need to. I think I need to get some history lessons on the history of the Chinese economy and how they converted because it was very confusing to me because I thought that they were a completely closed economy until fairly recently. But apparently, in the '80s, the Chinese had companies. They were starting to do trade with Japan and and the U.S. That's when it started. And he was working for a Chinese company as a sales rep, hmm. selling, make, manufacturing auto parts. And sure. he saved up his own salary for like two years hmm. to build a factory because he knew that the Japanese were starting to make 
manufacture cars. So he was like, he wants to sell. He looked cars. at the market and he noticed that there was no glass manufacturers in mm. China. So mm. he oh, he started. He his first factory is a glass company, right. and that's how he started it. Um, so he's a self-made struck while the iron was hot. So he's yeah. a self-made millionaire, but somehow he did it inside this communist system. So I don't really understand like. Oh, I, I imagine he had yeah. connections. Yeah. Well, his brother <laughs> so was the yeah. union, you but, know. But was he that, like, or just, was he, his was brother the union rep because his his brother ran the company? I, I thought yeah. maybe it's some kind of, he had some inherited wealth as well. I thought he was part of a, you know. A, a so, I don't know. I It seems to me, just based on this and what I how I know about other Chinese companies, how they operate, I think what, what happens is, is that the state, I think they run them like private companies, but mm-hmm. I think the state is the, like a 50% shareholder and everything. Okay, you know? sure. So they have and to- I, think, I think they get a seat on their boards or whatever, and, you know, that's right, how they... Right. Um, so I assume that like the Communist Party through his brother is like the representative of the yeah they're probably the, the government the yeah. government part of it yeah right. you know there was one thing I thought was was funny was the the guy the vice pre the Chinese vice president mm-hmm. was a little smiley guy is what yeah. I call him uh, he he how do you, how do I say this he he was given a command by the the chairman and then completely didn't follow it. So did you catch on when they were no. first walking him through the factory and in right. the lobby? Okay. The guy says, "So I was thinking about." I'm gonna. The smiley guy says, "I was thinking about putting some murals back here." Yes. Oh, you're one, right. I one, one being something of, like iconic of China, one being iconic of America. And the chairman says, "No, nope, all it needs to be all American stuff. This is an American factory." And then just a few minutes later, they show that lobby being finished. Yeah. And there's a big Chinese flag and a <laughs> big did. American it flag. Yeah, so yeah. that guy just completely ignored what the chairman yeah, told him to I, do. I, I think it caught that. Yeah, I didn't too, yeah. catch that, but you're right because I remember seeing it. I thought it happened later that they acclimated more of the Chinese. And I thought that was such a great sign of like the prediction yeah. of where that movie was going to go right. like oh we're going to be all american we're going to be all american and just slowly china starts just, to take over let's not upset them they said or something like that as like oh, be upset with the, being in a chinese company with a chinese because uh, I-, I wanted to bring up one thing was um this movie reminds me so much of a book that i read once which is called the geography of thought mm-hmm. now the geography of thought i think hold on i can tell you the it's got an interesting subtitle the geography of thought how Asians and Westerners think differently and why. Oh. And it's a book that's like a, um, by a social psychologist, Richard Nisbin. And it's, it's all about the ways, you know, the, all of this research has been done to show the, the way that we, um, you know, Eastern cultures and Western cultures think differently at a sort of a base level, right? So they give one example in there of a study where they show a picture of a pond, essentially, to a, a, a big group of different people. Um, some Asian, some Western, and the Western people, and then they're asked to describe the pond. And the Western people tend to focus on this one big fish that's sort of in the foreground, and they say, "Oh, it's a it's a pond with a big fish in it that's swimming around or whatever." Where the Asian participants in the study um, tended to focus more on the background, right? What was mm-hmm. making up the whole, like the little fish in the background and stuff like that. Um, so it sort of reflects, and I think this movie show, sort of shows that where. Um, you know, in our in our Western culture, we tend to emphasize the I, right, mm-hmm. the, the individual. Sure. Where in a lot of Asian uh, cultures, they tend to emphasize the we. Yeah. yeah. You know, like for example, I, I can't speak for China that much, but like in Korean culture, you don't refer to to your mom as my mom, right? It's always our mom, mm. right? Even if you're an only child, Even if you're the only one. You know, it's it's co- it's a collective odd. idea, mm-hmm. and I think this shows that so much because you see these. Chinese workers that are really being a part of Fuya. Yeah, yeah, they're being part. Yeah, hive mind. But I see hive minded though. I think kind of has a negative connotation. Okay, where it's like to them, this is a sense of belonging to them a lot, right? This is I belong to Fuya. Mm -hmm. I'm at least part of this organization. With the chairman, when he first gets there to lecture them, or I don't want to say lecture, but to talk to the Chinese workers, says he starts off by saying, "We are all Chinese." We were all born from Chinese mothers. Mm-hmm. Wherever you die, you'll, wherever they bury you, you will Chinese. always yeah. be Chinese. And so you're given that identity, and then you're given the identity of uh, a Fuyao mm-hmm. worker. And so they gives them you know, a, a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about the, the we versus the I. Yeah, and that's an interesting aspect of like human psychology, this whole idea of like, you know, wanting to belong to a group. You know, that's mm-hmm. like where religions come from. That's mm-hmm. national identities. I mean, we kind of like we're a tribal 
uh, humans are tribal. You know, we yeah. we like our tribes, and we make we make our tribes by different rules, and um, and uh, we yeah. make sub sub tribes and sub tribes, and um, and it's just uh, and I think Americans are a little bit detached from that sense of that type of humanity you know human thinking in terms of like thinking of them uh, of us as a group or as a mm-hmm. culture yeah you know and i think there, there's been a huge i think americans used to think more like that but like yeah i feel like now americans don't think like that at all no it's know? very it's very uh you know, know, not war too well, you know i think that was well, sort of sure but the prosperity the thought of prosperity is just you know uh I, I, I think changed a lot of it, you know. Mm-hmm. The idealism of posterity. Right. Yeah. Anyway, you guys should read that book. Yeah. It's uh it's a really fascinating look at the and and I always think about too with this, there's um you guys know who Alan Watts is? Mm-mm. Alan Watts is a sure Buddhist philosopher, okay. right? And he gives one of his he gives lots of lectures and stuff. I mean, sure. I think he's gone now, but mm-hmm. um one of them is a is a talk that he talks about um, how your culture is your operating system, mm-hmm. right? So it's you know you have your sort of underlying levels that are like your pure human instinct, which are your your needs for love and right. you yeah. know loving your children and that kind of stuff. Right. But then how you have this layer of your culture over that, yeah. and I think this just depicts it so well. And I think it talks about like. You know, when we think about and people talk a lot about globalization and the the, the blending together of yeah. the, the cultures and stuff like that, how big of a problem that's going to be, and how difficult that's going to be, because when people are but you know what though, in a way though, levels, I feel like human culture has been doing that. With like it's I don't I mean it's just happening faster maybe now, but like a whole lot faster. But I feel like human culture the you know has been doing that since the beginning. I think I think that's the main reason why we have so many different you know the nations that are around now are the nation you know i don't know it's it's a i i feel like it's not it's kind of like what humans do you know like they kind of have to mix it up with the different groups and they yeah but i think for, in and, the past that's always been mostly economical right mm-hmm. i mean right. you had guys from europe going on the silk road it's not economical sure, it's right? not economical now though well i mean i think some of it is but the, the difference is that now we have so much more access to it's just happening faster it's the same shit yeah. it's just a, it's just a different <clears throat> speed i think well, speaking uh-huh. of retirement, well, I'll talk about Mr. Uh, Wong. Yeah, or Wong. You know who Wong was? No. He's the James Dean of this movie. Oh, uh, are you talking about the, the guy who guy. started there at like 18? He started 18. I thought, I was like, when I saw it, I was like, eh, this guy's 20 something. I kind of scrolled back and I was like looking at his little bits again because I liked, I liked him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, him and his uh, roommate, four in an apartment, it looks like. Yeah. They have a rudimentary folding table as a dining room table he is sitting there smoking ashing into a, an almonds uh, peanut container. peanut can that's very uh, that's what i'm used to doing yeah. <laughs> that's what we did in korea too yeah, right right inside inside the apartment like this is the best this cigarette after yeah you know, and then he's talking at one point he's like ah, i don't have enough time for lunch so i eat two twinkies and shove yeah. them I'm like jesus you know you're like ugh. i would just like croak he's and, also, uh, he, but he was all like you know was like, he he said some what did he say i wrote it down he said like you know, we lay the tracks down for the mm-hmm. whole machine to move slowly or smoothly to move smoothly. I'm like, it really seemed like a metaphor. Like the when he said that, I just I was already kind of mentioning how we had a lot of our railroads built on the backs of, I assume, more Chinese Asians, right? Yeah. That metaphor really, really crossed <laughs> over to me on that exactly that. I imagine exactly uh, all Asians putting down railroads for this well, yeah, modernization yeah. of America in the yeah. 1800s, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, the historical context of like Chinese in the 21st century yeah. versus the Chinese in the 19th century. Right. Um, and the relationship with America, you know, because yeah. Chinese have been in America since forever. Ever since probably not at the very beginning, but pretty damn Soon close to the beginning, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but they, you know, they lived in that that weird. They lived in that small apartment together. I guess they were all. And his wife. It's like a dorm room, basically. Like a dorm. And his wife and two children yeah. lived 
in uh, in and you get to China. See, he didn't get to see him for two years. He didn't yeah. see him for two years, and that's how long this movie been going. I actually. I actually teared up a little bit when he was talking about that because because I just spent well, two years is forever for a little kid. Well, so I just spent six months, right? That's yeah. why I spent six yeah, months. Yeah, that's my, a long time. I was in America and my family was in Korea, so I spent six months apart from, and that was like heartbreaking to me. Right. And so imagining two years that this guy had to go through, and he was talking about it. And he was saying, remember, he said something like, "I, the last time I cried was when I was a teenager." until i came to america (laughs) and he says he goes now like he goes when it's quiet at night and you know i sit back in my room and i think about i think about my kids and you know my family and how much i miss them i kind of choked up a little bit i was like i felt for this guy now was he also the same one that was really good friends with the american worker and him and the buddies went out shooting with the guns yeah thanksgiving to turkey and that guy was a great guy because that was one of the guys that was really truly like he had a a, kind of a one-on-one relationship with somebody but you could tell that they like he was a really you know he cared about the guy you know he he he, he admired him because he worked so hard about him a little bit he's like well they'll be talking about that day for you know they talk about the day over but i think that he was just proud of that he was proud proud to like connect with another culture yeah Yeah. this is a guy who probably has never been exposed to chinese people outside of like a chinese restaurant you know i mean outside of my breakfast yeah no i thought it was i don't know (laughs) i thought the americans are very open i felt like the the americans are very open to like accepting chinese and chinese people you know Mm -hmm. like just in the film yeah and the chinese people it really seemed like they kind of really I didn't. I didn't feel any like major outside of like the work tensions or the 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 mm-hmm. can, the work the business tensions between the two. During I felt us, like culturally yeah. the Americans were very accepting of the Chinese and the Chinese not so much of the Americans. Yeah. Right. Well, do you guys you know? remember? I don't know oh, if you. God, yeah. I don't know if you caught this, but there's one of they actually say during one of those scenes where they're giving the kind of cultural lesson about yeah. America, and they say, you know, we got to do this to work with them. And we have to do it because we are better than them. Yeah. yeah so the, yeah. So the Chinese, like, the Chinese are yeah. better than America. Yeah, yo, it's like, and, yeah. and I was like, I, there's no doubt in my mind that that's the thought process anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, it's kind of like, well, you can see why. You know, you're like, see, he's and it's so funny because just like as an American, that, that kind of line of thinking would never fly here. Like, I mean, that is a, mm-hmm. just a pure, like, I don't know if you would call it because it's not really racist because America's a, a mixed up country but right. you know it's just a, a culturalist thing I don't know where they're uh, just going, we I are think, superior I think when it comes to the Chinese I think the Chinese same, the like Chinese is they are much more modern, monoculture than we are so yeah. it could be there's probably a racial element to that but I don't think it's so and I know that there's I like more about it's more about the culture. I know there's a lot of like friction between different Asian countries. I know the Japanese and Koreans generally don't like each other. Oh, much oh, as well. well, yeah. So, so. I, I, I can break this down for you. <laughs> uh, in Asia, everybody hates the Japanese. Right, right. <laughs> Pretty much in general. Uh, if you read the history on it, yeah, there might there may they may have some legitimate yeah. gripes. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too political, but they might have some le- yeah. legitimate gripes. So the Chinese too, the Chinese are not. Um, I mean, they have their differences with the Japanese, and, and it's like any other place that you know everybody kind of hates everybody. Yeah. You know? it's you, you love where you're from, and you think all the other people are are bad. But I I felt like it was. Because I don't feel like the Japan or the Chinese like had any issue with America. I really felt like it was a superiority thing. Like we are better, we are smarter, we are we are Chinese. We are from Chinese mothers. We will reaction. overcome everybody. Yeah. And again, it's not hard. It's not hard to cast the stones when you see it. And that you know the. And again, they're saying the fat fingers, lumbering, the the lack of you know. Yeah, I thought that this. I I, to, I was really kind of appalled by the disrespect of the Chinese towards the Americans. I, I felt like that was like. Because I, but I think what it was, and this is, from, I'll say this from my experience of yeah. having been involved in Asian culture a lot, is that the Chinese wouldn't have seen it as disrespect. The Chinese, that's just the way that they do yeah, things. I think it's their, right? their wiring. I do. Yeah, it's yeah. just the way that, like, there's, the, you know, there's one scene where uh, a, a, an American lady was arguing with her Chinese manager. Oh, and, yeah. and you could just see that Chinese, and, and somebody was intervening. I think it was like the safety guy. It was the safety like guy. I know exactly what it was. The safety guy, and there's a boss telling a woman that she's got to crank, she's got to go over here and crank out maybe twice as many boxes. Yeah. With the less amount of people, with half the amount of people, like, I and I think, as and he's like, "Look, I well, you need to tell him you need more help." And he's like, "I told him he knows." It was just like that was just like, and, and at the end, that guy is wheeling around. And but, said, but I think they that, don't, and as opposed to looking at the real problem, they want to look at who's wrong. And oh in this yeah, case, yeah, they're both wrong. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, 
How's that tension? But see, if you looked at that scene from an American perspective, you might look at that and see that Chinese guy as being disrespectful, being rude. Yeah. But I think what he's doing is what he would normally do in Absolutely. Chinese culture. And he, to me, looks confused because he's not used to, he's used to the Chinese culture the way that people would respond if he's issuing them a direct order, right? He's their Which they carry out. They issuing the, willingly, the, the, like, I'm sorry, sir, I'm going to whip it out. Exactly. So he's genuinely, I don't, I don't read it as disrespect so much as they're, they're trying to impart or, or bring with them their their culture and their ideas yeah. and, they're, and they just, just don't understand why we don't get it, right? Why don't yeah. they get... Out, they're not allowed to speak out against their president, let alone probably any superior, anything that's even in front Right. Of them, I mean, so. it's very... And a lot of East Asian cultures are are quite hierarchical, both in terms of age, but also in terms of uh, seniority. So if somebody yeah, is well your your boss, you are... Gender, as well as the gender roles, I'm sure, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely some of that, but it's yeah. in general general you know if your boss says to do something you don't question you don't it. question it. Yeah, you don't yeah. and one of the americans says too they say something about they keep telling us to do this but they won't tell us why you're right it's but right. in chinese culture you wouldn't you, there is no reason that you would problem, investigate yeah. why why is because some this guy told you to do it because he do it exactly mm-hmm. I, yeah that's what i, thought. I feel like that's kind of like i i think i think that um in some ways, our culture, our working culture, might be a little superior to theirs in that there is that back and forth between, uh, you know, management and workers. You know, yeah. And I feel like a lot of companies have been American companies have benefited of, of you know, be, I think by having that back and forth well, and between management and workers. Americans you know? are entitled to tell you what they are thinking. And I thought, oh, is that not a thing? Yeah. That they're oh, jeez, no. I didn't really think no, about no, it in no. those micro terms, but I was like, oh, I guess there's no interest in telling you what they're thinking. It's just... It's just uh, yeah, it's very indirect, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a very right. indirect... Where we're Americans, we tend to be very direct. We right. say what we think, we say right what we feel. The, yeah. Like, there's the one scene where... Again, it's with the safety guy. A guy comes up and starts yelling at the safety guy. He's like, why isn't this microwave fixed? And why are they turning oh, yeah. this lunchroom into a manufacturing area? Yeah. I hope they turn your office into a... I hope they start doing... Yeah. Uh, the production, I think. Wasn't it the production for the movie that was going in there? I no. Was, oh, I know. I think it was produ- floor production for the glass. Yeah. Oh, he said production. I, and some, for some reason, I thought it was the... But he did ask him. He's like, why aren't you filming this? Why aren't you filming that? <laughs> exactly. But you just see, like, that's that's not something that one of those Chinese workers would ever do. They wouldn't no. speak up and say, hey, I'm on happy with this situation you just sort of go about it and and do what you have to do not their mo right it's Hmm. the one other thing i noticed that reminded me so much of my experience is the uh uh, the the bad English writing. Oh my god, right? that's great. Yeah. So they have like they put up a big sign in the factory that says like create glass I forget what it was exactly, but leader in world glass, but worlds yeah. have been a little better. And there's a guy and that, that says, "Oh, it's world's world's largest glass manufacturer." Yeah, it's like, like there should largest. be a the yeah. right, and and that was my entire life for 15 years walking around going, "Why they just they could have just hired an English speaker to fix that for them? You could have paid somebody ten dollars to get but that right." It's like the people that put up the sign. I guess it's not their job. Whatever they say, will do. But the people that put up the sign because said. It's a little, you know, you could probably tag out a few more bucks for extra letters, but like, nah, they're just uh, getting paid. They're just getting paid. It reminds you know where you see that that kind of English a lot is on um, uh, Amazon product descriptions. Yeah, because they carry a lot shit ton of like Chinese shit. Of course, right. And uh, and there's all these companies that are selling through Amazon now, and and they they write these. It's like. It was like I bought this uh, rear, this backup camera for my car just recently, and like all the manual says, like uh, see your beautiful road or something, <laughs> like in the yeah. manual, you know. And it was like, you know, close enough. And I noticed like, even the scene safety where... camera for your convenience. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very yeah. That's that sounds like it. Yeah. What I heard all the time. Yeah. There uh, and I used to have to read those things, right? Because I did right. a lot of voiceover work. Yeah. And wow, and you would do yeah. voiceover work for like commercials. Could you rewrite it though? Uh, some would let you. Some would just be like read what exactly what it is. And I, so I'd have to read these things that I know clearly they're horrible English. Right. And then the, there's some they're showing it. You know, some like documentary or some like commercial TV yeah. commercial where they and even the the taglines would just be, you know, it'd be like two words in English that just. Mm-hmm. 
don't didn't, blend. Don't yeah, it didn't match. make yeah. sense. I noticed even when they went to China, right. when they had the Americans go to China, they had a, a little sign there welcoming, welcoming them. And even that was like... Oh, a little off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, even that was kind of messed up. Hilarious. The f- one I found the funniest was the giant one they had in the manufacturing facility. And I can't remember again what it said exactly, but it said something like, create glass, move glass... You know, oh yeah, something like, like that. I mean, it was yeah. an enormous sign yeah. that just didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, and it just barked out orders. It was just like uh, yeah. But you saw you see those things everywhere if you go to Asia. That kind of uh, I guess there's different ways to explain you know call it what it you know name that stuff. But basically, broken English right. and a lot of broken English business slogans. The, the guy that did uh, Ackerman, that he hung out with Wong and his friends I guess for Thanksgiving. He got fired. Yeah. For um, not pulling too up slow. Too slow. Not pulling up something uh, soon enough on the computer. That was like a sort of like you were talking about bigotry or racism or what have you. So I feel like, oh god, they just were looking. They're just. He's the he's, he was the guy. That, I don't know if he was. I mean, based on the way it was set up. Yeah. At the beginning, he was the guy that had the most personal connection with the Chinese yeah. too, which was really interesting. He was one of the guys. That got Probably fired. the only documented, but sure. But yeah, I think exactly. he. I think that goes back to the point that Bill a little bit touched on earlier. Yeah. And that is the age difference between the American workers and the Chinese workers. Absolutely. And the American workers were all much older, um, and then the Chinese workers were very young, right? Yeah. And you even hear at one point the chairman says something about we need to bring, start hiring more young people. We need like a oh, new energy younger, in this better company. is what he said. Which, yeah. like, and, and which and you know, honestly, worse. like I don't, I mean, that kind of shows a little cultural blindness in his part because um, if you've ever been to Dayton, I don't let young people like <laughs> hang around Dayton very long. It's a lot like St. Louis in that respect. Is like you don't like if you're young and you're ambitious, you don't hang around Dayton mm-hmm. and work in a factory. Right, sure. You go somewhere else. But you're, and, I think you're right because that is that that is the Chinese approach. Yeah. to that to solve that kind Someone of problem. Faster, find, less to lose. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Yeah, and you got to hire these young people to come in. Yeah, um, but where and here there's no hungry young people here like there are in China. You know? right, and they don't and those. those those, those young people aren't clamoring for factory jobs. Yeah, you know, they're no. they're looking to do something else. You know, yeah. and though and though that is yeah. maybe uh, part of the problem. Part I mean, the that, cultural difference. You've only got older. <coughs> you know, older. We're people. late stage capitalism. So well, yeah. I mean, I mean that's what I mean. It's and they're not yet. Yeah. They will the be problem. someday, and they'll go through similar problems. Probably not the exact same problems we have now. Sure. But a couple generations, they'll be about where we are now on some level. You yeah. Know. And that, Some that, weird cultural way, you know, and that's a lot of the reason why you have these the the you know the traditional model has been the factories, the American factories in China, yeah, right. And China's right. manufacturing American products, but and a lot of reason for that is is because American workers uh, weren't attracted by mm-hmm. you know factory jobs. Even you know the factory jobs here are union; they obviously yeah. pay more. But for sure. the American companies, you know, is cheaper to go have people in China because the Americans didn't want to do it, no. right? So that's why this I. The one thought I had too a lot was just, I just thought this was a bad idea to start with. Yeah, like a, like the whole, whole time, I'm like, well, the whole why buy a factory in America? You're not going to make a, a, the kind of profit. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like it was an initiative by um, the, Obama the Obama administration to try to get like it, they were trying to spur Chinese investment in yeah. the U.S. Yeah. And Chinese are actually investing a lot all over the world, particularly in Af- Africa, because there's a lot yeah. of natural well, resources. Well, that's where it's going right. next. Yeah. I mean, that's right. where the that's and where the cheap labor is going to be. The next so, I mean, we can get into a whole discussion about international relations and like how it's important to sort of attract that. I mean, as long as China's investing in around, I think Obama's thinking was as long as China is investing around the world, they might as well attract some of it here because yeah. our people need jobs. I so. just don't think, and I and you're right, the China the Chinese invest in America quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't think the the way to invest in America. Is a factory. I just don't, I don't think, think running yeah. their own factories is a good idea. That's no, right. I don't think that they should have been have been so heavy handed with the management. I yeah. feel like they should have bought a cheesecake factory. They should have set up. They should have set up. How many times are you going to make the cheesecake factory? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I made already made that point, so I'm not going to belabor it. But like, I just feel like that was just like it, and that might be a cultural thing with them too, like that kind of micromanagey. Like, oh, it kinda, definitely is. You know, thing. So I don't know. So I just want to say um, it's a good I feel like just my final thought on this film is um, I feel like everybody should watch it Um, it's it's a really 
it, I think it's a no no holds bars. They didn't pull any punches, mm-hmm. um, and it's an honest look at like kind of where where we have been in the last couple of years with the American economy. And Bulls and I, and I, so I loved it too. I thought it was great, and I think your point is very good that it is no holds bar. They, you know, the things that. You know, it's not. It doesn't paint a lovely picture of, of the, the future. It doesn't paint a lovely picture <laughs> no. of, of people interacting with each other. And this is. And Bulls and I were talking about this before we started recording. Is the, what I'm surprised about is that they're not hearing much more about this film. Like yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't make a big. I, I feel when, when did it come in July. It's something like I remember I, hearing I about it. It was just very recently, and, but. and forgetting it by the time you guys proposed this movie, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that movie." It just kind of went in and out of my brain a couple times. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, um, this is an August release date. Oh, August. Oh, so it, so it premiered at Sundance in yeah. January and then released in the United States uh, in August. Oh, it's only been out since August. Yeah, just but all the Obama hype about it happening happened. But I didn't hear a, sh- yeah. a lot of hype about it. I, I heard the hype because it was Obama I didn't hear even a lot of. Um, I don't think did did they do the NPR rounds at this? Because I, 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 I didn't really I hear any of that. Test. I, I know so Obama's done some interviews because I read I read some reviews. No, I don't think that the I I feel like they would have sent the filmmakers out to. Well, there is some. Oh, there's some quotes from Obama talking about it too. But they did a. I found a thing on YouTube where it was like uh, they had Obamas and the filmmakers, which the filmmakers are actually a couple. A couple, right? Supple, um, footage on the Netflix too. Yeah, and they they have a the scene where they're sitting in a diner and like they're supposedly having this candid conversation with each other, but it's all very scripted. Very scripted. You, all right, you um, mentioned um, while you were um, sitting on the can how you'd uh, read through the Fox News um, review. <laughs> Was that? Did you want to cover it? <laughs> yeah. So I, well, yeah. I read. I was just reading through some different reviews of it, and one of them was a Fox News review, um, and it was just really strange because they basically say this movie is being, you know, <laughs> called as a anti-Trump propaganda or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And I, I look. I don't even care about going into politics, but sure. I didn't see that at all. No, in this. I mean no. I, they don't ever mention him. They don't mention Obama I don't see, or, or anybody. I don't see how this. This was just a real. Li- this was yeah. a real piece of life. Yeah. This wasn't. Yeah. A, uh, this wasn't a political. Yeah, it was documentary. a slice of life no, documentary. It really that was, and it would American. And I think yeah. it could, if you were if you're a Trump person or you're an Obama person or whatever, you see the same thing. You would see the same thing, but also yeah. I think it, it questions both of those sort of ideologies. Oh yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. And I think it does it in a very fair I, way. I think, like I said. It's a real life, like it's a. It doesn't pull punches. It's not a political movie. So it did. I mean, it's a political movie, but it's not like a political uh, advocacy movie. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't, I don't. agree with the way things are run in China about you know the, the lack, all that uh, non-labor and the get it done. You know, just just shoveling people, like treating people as if they're items in a factory. Mm-hmm. But I got it the whole time. I'm like, kind of. I was kind of like, it's working. Kinda it's working. I know. It's like, well, they get they get it done. Getting the they job make done. tons of uh, shit, tons of dollars. So whatever they're doing, obviously it's 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 for the bottom line. That's all our factories are. That's why we don't have people producing factories here. And we are, certainly, uh, you know, it's, it's for for that very reason. You know, it's very sums or anything in manufacturing. And I don't think. Did you watch this film by yourself, Bulls? I watched most of it with my girlfriend. Yeah, what do you think of it? She liked it. She liked it. You know, she didn't get the. Uh, no, she actually got the Sally Field reference like we did, but. Uh, you know. <laughs> I didn't get it. So, I, so just a couple of things. One thing we didn't even mention was the fact that um, the sort of main conflict in this movie is that uh, the American workers try to unionize. Yeah. yeah. It's the big fight between. And I was quite surprised at the outcome of that because the way it was sort of looking when they were talking about it, it seemed like there was a lot of union support. Ultimately, the bid to start a union uh, fails. LRI, yeah. that group, came in yeah, they said, and recorded yeah. uh, labor, someone, labor labor something. relations. Yeah. Uh, some, rather, yeah. Somebody says. These are consultants who, consultant. who get involved in labor. Made a million dollars to tell yeah. them not to do the unions. Yeah. Like, hey, you choose. Do you want to not have a job? And there was also a very crazy character, which they followed him around halfway through the movie. Have you like, ever been in a union? No, I've never had. Oh no, I have. We were in the same union. Oh, you were in CWA too. Yeah, we were in the same company. Oh yeah, I was in the union yeah. station a couple times. No, but there's the the black guy right at the end who's saying, I don't think you know, and he's really you know like um, kind of a messed up uh, guy. The Oh yes, I know who exactly said, what you're talking said, about. He said, "Like I don't, I don't think. Look, I got a job now. That's what I want. I don't want so anything." And I was like, kind of like, "Yeah, you're the one that gets it. Look, you're gonna, they're gonna scratch everyone's asses if they're anyone's into those union things. They're gonna win that battle yeah. to a certain extent. It just seemed like they're gonna win the union battle. I mean, I'm, union yeah, I was in a union. I, I, um, 
I was in like kind of a shitty union, I think, <laughs> in a lot of ways. But like, I it was I still always felt like I understood the value of like having a union. Oh, and I sure. think a lot of yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just found it really interesting that like a com- like in this country, if you're pro union, you're pro worker. You get called a socialist, or you get called a commie, right? Think, really? You, do, you don't think a union... In this country, idea? in a lot of places, in the South especially, like, yeah. like that's the label you get. Like, if you start talking pro-union, you're like, so you're a socialist, right? I always thought it was the opposite. I thought no. the lower classes wanted unions so they could stabilize a payment and... Lower classes do benefit from unions, and a lot of union pro union people are, you know, lower class people. I mean, it depends on the people. But just like, but in the South, if you go to Texas and start talking about unions, like you're, you're a socialist. You're like anti-capitalism, right? And um, and I just found it really interesting that these communist Chinese <laughs> like we're so anti-union well, it's like union. when supposedly They're anti-American union yes yeah, so because because they, they, they have their union which is the Chinese government they don't want to let you guys strike yeah. you say, what do you mean you're not paying enough like, as of tomorrow that great thing uh, the, the guy the new president took over is like as of tomorrow you, or as of next Monday you make two dollars more than you do you get two dollars more yeah. didn't say two dollars an hour more but I assume that's what it was but he said you make two dollars more Anything you make today, and and like the the reception was was nil. They're kind of like, yeah, we get what's going on. Just trying to, you know, just trying to whitewash us a little bit. Over so yeah. there's actually some a little bit of news about this from just recently, and that's that because um, we were saying like not a lot of people are talking about it, but sure. um, I guess it just this week it made the short list for Doc NYC, which I'm not totally familiar with. That I guess it's a it's a documentary film festival in New York, but the article that I was reading about it said that this this festival basically sort of predicts what the Oscar nominees are going to be. Which might be out of nowhere exactly by the time Oscar comes. I think that for sure this will be an Oscar contention. And I think I'm going to predict now it's going to win because there's no way Hollywood's not going to give Obama an Oscar. I I, I don't think you're right. Because the Oscars would love to have Obama come up on stage and and accept an Oscar. Thank you very much. (laughs) I think you'll definitely see this as a nominee and most likely a winner. But you know what though? I think it would be really shitty if Obama showed up to accept the Oscar for this movie. Unless he's directly well, don't the producers usually producer. accept well, the award? It's best no, documentary. Not I think usually they go up. They will. I, I, you're right. I don't think. I know. Would it be the director or would it be Obama? Oh, you know, I'll <laughs> take this, buddy. Thanks to your hard work and me chiming in. I was just thinking about this, though. Can you imagine? You guys know what like the EGOTs or EGROTs are or whatever? No. EGOT, I think. EGOT. EGOT, right? Where you win an Emmy, yeah. a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, right? Yes. And I was just thinking about how about Obama's Obama track record. One of each, yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he has a he has a um, a Grammy already. There's a Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. What's that? Nobel yeah, Prize. I know. I was gonna say and a Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> and now gets an Oscar, just like the most decorated person in history if he gets an Oscar for this, but. That would be funny. Oscar, and then what is Tony? He's got a Tony. I don't think he has a Tony. No, Tony, Tony would be... He'd have to but do I think he has, he has a Grammy a... for reading his audio book. I'm pretty sure he has a Grammy. I bet he those things out now for everything, for an audio book. And he may have like a... Well, he doesn't have a Pulitzer, but he might have something for just writing his uh, he's books. He's written, so he, he... I don't think he's got a Pulitzer Prize. Because yeah, Pulitzer's for journalism, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah, I believe so. I don't know. Anyway, any, anything else to say on this one? No, nothing. Nothing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, Mick... America, let's make America great again. Was a quote by the guy. He, but he messed it up. He said, well, "What did he, he say?" He said, "Let's make America great again." Uh, I, I know. I forgot. I think he messed it up somehow, but I don't remember exactly what he you said. The only other thing I want to say about this, like just on the cultural end of things, I kind of felt like those stories when they were like talk, telling them like what Americans like and what Americans need in terms of like being being coddled and yeah, stuff exactly. I, I, I never get the impression from watching the rest of the movie that any of those any of those Chinese dudes like internalized that lesson at all like they continued oh, yeah. to yeah. behave like they weren't even told like like they did, I expected to have a scene after the, after that happened. Were they, they related? Where they were they were saying like, they oh, would, you're doing a great job. Yeah, well, but no, they oh, never even did that. Nope, like it's not like, a part of the. They were just like nope. <laughs> it's their culture, yeah. you know. I mean, it's hard for them to switch gears like I, that. I you know? yeah. And I think that's and ultimately, I think that's the big mistake that they made. I think you're right, Bill, is trying to bring the the Chinese you know working culture to an American factory yeah. had yeah. they just bought the factory and owned it and let Americans run it they might have been more 
successful. Yeah. But well, yeah, trying to yeah. implement Chinese culture. I mean, I think you would have a lot of the same problems. Like in, in Asia, there are companies that are run by Americans, for example. Okay. Um, but you have to even then... You have to acclimate to their culture. Yeah, you anyway. have to adjust yeah. to, to their culture. Well, I think that's what American companies... That's all you said earlier. Though. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so anyway. All right. All right well, let's, let's end this. That's good. You, you may want to... You can cut that whole bit out. <laughs> what? I don't mind. I'll leave it all in. All right.